jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Take a look around you, Anthony. It's 2021, baby. Oh, look at the sprites of the new year glimmering in the trees. <laughs> I'm microdosing. I'm on acid. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I'm, I'm using it Cause... to treat my year-long COVID malaise. Because <laughs> <Pandemic laughs> yeah. I'm like, look around. It doesn't look any fucking different, does it? You don't see the magic? The new year? Everything mm-hmm. has been etch-a-sketch reset. Sure. I do. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, it feels a lot different um, in that my routine is exactly the same every day as it has been for the last nine months or whatever. Just think, when I went into my self-imposed lockdown, I mean, the last thing I did was go see Portrait of a Lady on Fire in the theater. That was the last fun thing I did. By yourself, right? The whole theater? Yep, I had the whole theater to myself. Now, imagine if that movie had gotten me pregnant. Right? Not too hard to imagine. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. Just think, if that happened, the baby probably would have come out already. Oh, my God. That's how long this has been. That's, oh, that is nine months, huh? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'd have a little baby. Would you say it got you pregnant during the armpit scene or the water baby birding scene or the Sabbath? Um, I think it probably got me pregnant the first time she turned around and she had that scarf around her mouth. Oh, yeah. Which she predicted masks. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Baby's around here somewhere. It's in the wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's stuffed it in the wall. That's horrible. Um, it's been real quiet. Anyway, New Year, New You, New Year, <laughs> New, new year, Baby, New Me, New Year, New Me. Um, something to business right away. I will say, I'll start off 2021 with some business. I posted about these things on my social medias, which I'm sure everybody is like, "Oh, Stacy, I just wait." With baited breath and baited eyeballs. Ew. And baited fingers. Ew, stop baiting things. Ready, <laughs> ready to <laughs> click like on whatever you post. I was so, I have to say, I gasped. And I was so excited to see you do a little promo for some cool projects that you did. Yeah, well, I never do that. I know. <laughs> I like seeing you do that. I say, ooh, content. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's just my eternal struggle of being like, oh, I have this thing that I did that I'm proud of for whatever reason. I should tell people. But then I tell people and I'm like, this feels gross. Yeah. (laughs) Don't look at me. (laughs) Don't look at me. But also like wanting to share this with people, but not wanting. I just, I don't know. I have such a low threshold for sounding like an asshole. And then it's like, I'm still trying to learn that telling people you wrote something isn't sounding like that's probably the only reason why people fucking follow you so 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's my eternal struggle. But, yes. So, the new Rue Morgue, which is on sale now. I have some stuff in there. Hell yeah, waiting for my copy. Yeah, um, I wrote some stuff that uh, I really loved writing about. I wrote about Pulse, the film. Uh Obviously the film. What else would it be? Which is more relevant than ever. Than ever. And that's what I wrote about it. Um, and I wrote about Suicide Club also in that issue. And I still need to watch it. You do need to watch it. It's a good one. I still have it rented. <laughs> I need to watch it. You need to watch it. I know. Um, and I probably have a review or two in there also. I don't know. These things come out so far after, like so long after you do the work. I have no idea. But... The newest Rue Morgue, which is on sale now. I've got some stuff, and I would love it if people would pick it up. I would especially love it if people subscribe to Rue Morgue, because they do good work. And uh, I yeah. like to do work in the magazine. And uh, so, you know. And I like to read it, and then I put it in my desk. There you go. That's yeah. exactly what we want. Yes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and then I was a guest on a podcast, a great podcast called The Evolution of Horror, <gasps> talking about martyrs. Also on that episode is our pal Alex West from the Faculty of Horror, also talking about martyrs, but we were not on together. Oh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a wasn't match a, game. Wasn't a threesome, no. It oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like there's an Alex segment with the host Mike, and then there's a Stacy segment with the host Mike, but we're both talking about martyrs. I am dying to listen to it. I only keep seeing everyone um, saying how good it is, and I'm honestly, I'm shocked that I haven't listened to it yet, because I have only been waiting... Uh... 10 years for you to talk about Mars. I know. This is like the first time I've actually talked about it at length. I've like told people I was going to talk about it at length and then I finally did and it actually felt really good. Oh, so, that's awesome. I can't wait. We could talk about that movie probably all day. I love that movie. I know you and love that movie. That's where again? The Evolution of Horror. It is available everywhere. How exciting. And you should subscribe to that. It's a great show. I should. It's, uh, if you like, you know, learn and stuff. Oh, oh, um. It's one of those. Uh, uh, you know, actually I have a boat cruise in, uh, Puerto Vallarta to go back to, so, um. Oh, well. Bye. <laughs> okay, super spreader. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Me and my baby will just stay here, I guess. <laughs> If I have learned nothing else this year, it's that I am so proud of circuit gays who really are sacrificing the utmost mm. in this trying time. This is true. So. It's true. You can't just stick something through a hole anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> These days. When we think about the poor glory hole aficionados. You know? <laughs> That's on someone's business card. <laughs> Aficionado. Yes. Yeah. You know who's gonna? Never mind. What? <laughs> I was just gonna say, who is gonna just you know, face a hole, <clears throat> mouth open wide, waiting to see what pops through. <laughs> Those days are over, probably, right? Uh, you'd want to well, think. You would yeah. want to think, probably, Stacy. That's true. But let me tell you, you would 
actually not be surprised by the, yeah. <laughs> the levels to which people sink. This is true. Yeah. As we all know, nasal swabs during the pandemic are a big thing. Maybe that's what they think they're doing? Yeah. This is how I get tested, right? <laughs> Hold it up there for 10 seconds. You're going to stick that up my nose? <laughs> well, everybody said it's uncomfortable. As you can see, we've turned a corner in 2021. Yeah, we already have our, our next Peabody <laughs> coming right up. Yeah, already still producing peak material <laughs> right at the start of the year. Speaking of peak material. Hey! Oh, waka waka. You know what? I decided it's a new year. I need... <laughs> Some new hobbies. Oh! And so. What? <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm like laughing. It's our friend, bro. <laughs> uh, that so was the I worst did... segue ever. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of peak, yeah. That was terrible. Okay. Finally, continue. my beauty parlor brain kicks in. It really did. And in full force, and I just. My diaphragm wasn't ready. <laughs> Okay, okay, what did you do I decided that was a fun new hobby. It's not a fun new hobby. It's not fun, it's not a hobby. But I tried to think of a porn name for this movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Just for something to do for five seconds. But the problem is the best I could come up with was Crimson Teat. (laughs) (laughs) Just not at all appealing. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Would you be the only one? Crimson Tea. If it was starring like the Cock Destroyers, um, Rebecca, what's her name? And what's her name? Those Queens? I could see that. I don't know them. Oh, are you? Oh, Stacy. Wait, who? The Cock Destroyers. I don't They're know these them. two women that are like, they're like plastic surgery beasts. They're like giantesses and they just like beat men. <laughs> Do like, they step on them or something? They, yeah, they just do everything. They're, like, kind of dommy, but they also are just, like, super sex positive. They have a, they have, like, you know how the Boulay brothers do, like, Dragula? Mm -hmm. They have a TV show right now called, like, The Search for the Next Cock Destroyer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're amazing. You would love them. Um, Except they're, unfortunately, like, I think hetero-adjacent. But they've been adopted by the gays, but they're amazing. I Um, see. But I could see them in Crimson Teat. That's true. It does it's like clamps or something. Yeah. I just it sounded so unappealing to me. It sounded like an issue versus like a sexy movie. Oh yeah, like a Scarlet Fever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you've come down with the crimson. Teeth. Oh, did you hear about Fiona? <laughs> oh no, she's come down with the crimson teeth. Oh, the poor dear. The poor dear. <laughs> Anyway. This is a bloody nipple. Yeah. <laughs> she That's got the crimson teeth. I mean, teeth is never really appealing anyway. It's very... It sounds like it's, an animal. Well, yeah, it's utter adjacent. It's utter adjacent. Yeah. Which is not how I'm, you know, spoiler, ladies. This is not how I get my kicks. There is so, no... Utters. So don't ask. No utter play for me, thank you. <laughs> anyway, this is a great start to the new year. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm really, I think all those new listeners we got from faculty and yep. Evolution of Horror, I think they're all, um, they've all swiftly asked for their New Year's refund. <laughs> you know, honestly, I did kind of uh, feel a certain way. Anytime, people have been very nice about the Martyrs episode. We have gotten new listeners, thanks to Mike for tweeting us out, etc., cetera, yeah. etc. Cetera. But anytime somebody was like, oh, I listened to Evolution of Horror... I'm going to start listening to Gay Lords, and I'm always like, oh. oh. <laughs> like, it's just like when anyone comes over from Faculty of Horror. I'm just oh. like, oh, you better get ready for a new sensation. Yeah, it's it, here there be crimson teats. Anyway, happy 2021. Five years ago, this movie came out. Did it? It's been yeah. five years already? My yeah, goodness. I was surpri- surprised by that. It's 2015. Wow, and this was your first time seeing it, yes? It was, it was. I had wanted to see it uh, forever, and then I heard mixed things, and then I said, well, I'm sure those things are wrong, and then I wanted to see it, and then I never did, and then we watched it for this. (gasps) Tell me more. (laughs) 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 An incredible journey. (laughs) And that's my life with Crimson Teat. Well, I'm curious to know what you think about it. I am too, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It it has, it's a little bit like, I feel like I've probably used this metaphor. I know I've used it on finalgirl.rocks, that's my website. Uh, Or, I don't know, maybe I've used it on this show. But when I lived in Brooklyn, and there was the the Mexican food restaurant run by Chinese people. (gasps) And you say, this is all of the ingredients... Of the Mexican food. But there's something off about it. Yes! And that's kind of how I feel about Crimson Peak. It's got elements, so many elements that I love, but the whole package is off somehow and I can't quite pinpoint it. Part of it, I think, honestly, I realized last night, is just Mia Wasikowska. 100%. I always, anytime I see her name, I think, oh, I love her. And then I watch her in something and I say, do I? Is there anything about her? It's, but see, but then I do like her in Only Lovers Left Alive. But then I say, do I though? <laughs> I remember loving her in that. And I like her in Stoker, but do I like her in Stoker as much as I like Nicole Kidman and Jackie Weaver and... I mean, that's not even a question. Yeah. The first time I saw... This is only the second time I've seen Crimson Peak. Oh, really? This is your second yeah, and the first time I waffled on it a lot, but I'm like, Jessica Chastain, though. Yeah. And then this time I watched it, and I thought, I waffled on it a lot, and I thought, but Jessica Chastain, though. Yeah. But then I realized how unappealing Mia Wasikowska is in this film. Yeah. Her, her and the character, I guess. But Her and what? And the character. Here's itself. the thing. It's Mia Wasikowska and... um. What's, what's Tom him? Hiddleston? Him. It's both of them. You know how I feel about him. I know how, and we've talked about, we talked about this going in as you were like, you know, you, you confronted me viciously in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Behind our manor. And I was like, oh, why are we both in this alleyway? But we, we had a talk about it. And, uh, you know, I am drawn, I'm not a Hiddleston. But oh god you just I, made my blood turn to ice here's the thing no on the scale of like rat-faced british men 
<laughs> There's Tom Hiddleston is very much an obvious choice. I will say this before Benedict Cumberbund batch back oh, him yeah. cum Cumberbucket. <laughs> What's his name? Cumber him. Before him. Yeah. I will never support people trying to make that a thing. No. That is not a thing. No. No, he looks like Mason Verger in Hannibal. But this is Tom Hiddleston. I don't know. I saw I saw the Avenger movie and I liked him in that. And then I liked him in Only Lovers Left Alive. Hmm. And then I think that's all I've seen him in. And then I watched this and I said, could you have a less of a character and a more yeah. unappealing person here? He's so muley and just like he there's something that he gives me the willies and not in a good way. I just he you can tell he thinks he's really adorable and you can tell when he's like trying to do adorable smoldering sexy things and it's Oh, when he does like, big eyes. He makes my skin crawl. And yes, I'm a man-hating lesbian, obviously. However, <laughs> I mean, I just mean, like, I'm not the target demographic. But like you said, when I was like, Anthony, meet me behind the manor at 12 o'clock, we have to talk. I like that we scheduled the confrontation. Yeah, well, you know, I want to make sure you're there. Yeah, thank you. I was like, we got to talk about this. I find Tom Hiddleston really unappealing. You had a broken glass to my face. (laughs) I smashed a bottle on the side of the manor and I held it up to your chin and I was like, listen, buddy. I don't like Tom Hiddleston, see? You were also a tiny gangster. That's why you said see. Well, I was trying a new hobby. It was 2021. It was. But I realize I'm not the target demographic. However, as you noted, thank you. With a glass pointed at my throat, no less. That despite this, I know when men are... I, there are men that are attractive, of course. You can appreciate a charming man. I'm not going to be opening my mouth on one side of a hole. <laughs> but I can see why someone else might. <laughs> this is the difference, you see. And that's open-mindedness. Thank you. I think, I think that's one of the... Um, one of the benefit, one of the perks of our show is that both of us are always here for babes. Yes. Regardless of gender, we are always here for babes. Always here for the babes. And maybe we just, I don't know. I, but I, in this instance, I have to agree with you. In this instance of him, I have to mm-hmm. agree. Not, not in the other two movies that I've seen him, but in this one, I was just, why is this guy in this? <laughs> I, Honestly, why is anyone in this except Jessica Chastain? Yeah. And I feel like I really, what you said at the onset about, um, what was it, the Mexican restaurant? Run by Chinese people. Run by Chinese people. I wrote down similar, almost similarly, actually very differently. I don't know, but it still used a restaurant allegory. <laughs> what I wrote in my notes was, you know when a restaurant puts too many fancy ingredients into a dish and it should be good, mm. but it's just too much? But the, you know, your centerpiece, if you enjoy a meatloaf, let's say, <laughs> if the meatloaf itself doesn't work, the accoutrements don't matter. Exactly. And I feel at Crimson Peak, 
we have a meatloaf that doesn't work ultimately. It's not an Alice Brady Bunch meatloaf. Yeah, it's a beautiful package. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, there she is on the other side of that hole. What is going on this year? <laughs> I think a lot of people were upset with this movie because it is it was again pitched as like, oh, scary ghosts, blah 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 blah. And it is not that. Yeah. It's it's Guillermo del Toro's take on the gothic romance. Yes. And in case you were wondering whether it was going to be a scary ghost movie, thankfully, Edith, as portrayed by Mia Wasikowska, <laughs> uh, aspiring novelist, tells you right up front, it's a story with a ghost in it. It's not a ghost story. Yes. So that should, that should take all of your concerns off the table. Which I, I did appreciate that they just expressly stated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the joy yeah. of... Like, and that's the joy of the gothicness, right? Um, mm-hmm. And gothic literature. And when I went on my Wuthering Heights Pray Love journey earlier this summer, I, w- I was trying to explain to people, you don't get it. There's ghosts and there's vampires and there's all this insane shit. And they're like, but I thought this was a serious. And I'm like, it is. They're just like, those are really small little components that show up. Right. They're like symbols and whatever, you know, writing. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what people don't. People don't get the gothic romance, even though it has such a rich history in literature. And, you know, film. But it's like, this shit has been around since, like, the 18th century. Yeah, there's the romance, but there's also the, like, mystery and the supernatural and the creepy setting and all of this. And that's where Crimson Peak has all of the elements. It has what's supposed to be the Byronic hero. (laughs) I mean, I would assume he's supposed to be, but again, he's just muley, and I say, no, thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got the heroine who gets herself in over her head because of love, you know. It's mm-hmm. got the supernatural elements. It's got the the foreboding house, Allardyne Hall, which is a dump. <laughs> it it does put, it almost puts Gaylord's Manor. Uh, it, it almost compares. <laughs> yeah. But it's got all the elements. So, Anthony, why doesn't this film work? First of all, what happens in the movie? Do you want me to tell them? Sure. Um, Mia Wasikowska's like, hey, I'm gonna be a writer. And then her dad runs a place where they make money. (laughs) (laughs) So Tom Hiddleston shows up and he's like, I would like some of your money. And the dad's like, no, uh, you just, uh, you're like making this coal mining thing, but uh, you you don't have it proved yet. And you've been trying to make money in all these other places. So no. So Tom Hiddleston's like, fine, I'm going to romance your daughter. And then... Long story short, dad ends up being killed by someone uh, right as the dad's trying to break off the relationship. Mia Wasikowska goes off to, to Crimson Peak after, you know, she grew up with the ghost of her mother appearing to her and saying, Beware Crimson Peak! <laughs> and so she, she, doesn't, she doesn't know that she's going to Crimson Peak when she marries Tom Hiddleston, but she goes there, she shows up, and then they're like, Hey, this place, by the way, is called Crimson Peak. So she's like, oh shit. Tom Hiddleston has an incredible sister who yeah. the, the second uh, Mia Wasikowska and him, I guess, what's his? Thomas. Thomas. Thomas Sharp. Um, once they show up to, 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 to shock and scandalize everyone at like a dance party, a ballroom dance thing. Uh, they show up and everyone in the room goes, <gasps> it's amazing. <laughs> you, you immediately say, okay. I've had enough of these two boring people. Ten minutes into the movie, tell me more about this this vamp at the piano in her yeah. insane red dress. Lucille is her name, Lady Lucille, and that's Jessica Chastain. And she is a she is a should be lesbian, 
uh, vamp piano stress to the stars. She's incredible. Um, she's a misandrist and a sexist and a misogynist and <laughs> and a pervert and a pervert and a perfect queen. <laughs> yes. Um, and she spends a lot of time when she's not being perfect, just wistfully staring at her brother because of things we'll learn later. So Mia Wasikowska, the, the three of them are all shacked up in Crimson Peak. And it's built on top of, like, a raspberry jam mine. So there's <laughs> red goo blooping into the house all the time and bleeding down the walls. And, and the house is sinking into the red mine. What is the stuff? It's red It's stuff. clay. Red clay. Th- yes, clay. Thank you. And it's red. Um, so that's seeping everywhere. There's lots of seeping. And I don't... What else happens? Then there's a ghost. <laughs> well, then Lucille keeps giving uh, Edith... Oh, right. Every, at every, which she's like, oh, I don't feel well. Drink your tea, drink your tea. You find out that these are, unlike Michelle Yeoh in the film Last Christmas, <laughs> these two are actual grifters. Yes. Thomas marries women who are usually like older or infirm or, you know, uh, undesirable, quote unquote, in some other way. And they kill the women and take their money. Um, Thomas is trying to get this clay mining operation off the ground. Lucille is just a murderer yeah because she's cool. um but thomas has unfortunately actually fallen in love with edith um and so he doesn't necessarily want to kill her to get the money or whatever and lucille's like what also they are an incestuous brother sister pair um and so it's like is edith gonna live meanwhile her other kind of suitor from america alan shows up to rescue her and you say, I'm rooting for Jessica Chastain in this whole thing. Yep. <laughs> when she's chasing Mia Wasikowska around with a knife, I'm like, yeah, get her, get her. Like, I oh. literally am just like, I want her to come out of this victorious. When she's just like a bloody ghoul in her raggedy, whatever, robes that she threw on in the three yeah. seconds after being caught fucking her brother. And she's just chasing her with a cleaver. Mm-hmm. Like the same cleaver that we found out through the course of the film that she buried into her mother's head in the bathtub when she was 14 and then was sent away to asylum or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's pretty wicked. Yeah. When Edith is in the elevator and she's sticking her arm through trying to slash at her. Yeah. this is, That's where the movie really comes alive. Like. Here, here's the thing. Edith is... This, so this movie is like... It's it's all of these... It's all all these gothic stories. It's Rebecca. It's um, Jane Eyre. Yeah. It's yeah. It's Wuthering High. It's all of these things. But then, and Lucille Jessica Chastain is. Um, Jason said this, and I was like, "Holy shit!" She is both Rebecca, the ghost of Rebecca, and Mrs. Danvers. <laughs> like she's yeah, so yeah. fucking cool, and she hates everyone. And she makes love with people. And she laughs, and like she's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. But the thing, what Rebecca had going for, I mean, Rebecca had everything going for it, the Hitchcock adaptation and the novel, but like it has Mrs. Danvers. It also has Maxim DeWinter and Mrs. DeWinter. And you love Mm -hmm. them too. Yes. And like, that's what creates the sense of conflict as you watch Rebecca is you're like, I love this charming heterosexual couple despite everything about them. Yes. I'm rooting for Rebecca, but also I like these other two. In this one, I'm just like, get them, Lucille. Yeah. Kill them both. Because also, like, by the end of this movie, because Thomas is like, oh, I love Edith. No. It's like, 
bitch, you were just getting a hand job from your sister five <laughs> minutes ago. Okay. I, and I, I'm supposed to feel bad and be like, oh, he's so put upon. He really loves her. Well, because then, and then it's just so, because he does his big, the big eyes mm-hmm. every time. Like, and that's how we're supposed to believe that his character really did have a change of heart. Is it because he does the big eyes at her? Yeah. And, and I did not believe for a second that this shift to try and make him heroic. No. And especially when like the gothic lead, like Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights, he is just a brutal motherfucker until he's dead. Mm-hmm. He's just pure brutality. He's a horrible human being. Uh, it's also probably a racist depiction on the part of Emily Bronte, but it was a billion years ago. But horrible person. Yeah. Can't he just be a horrible person who also gets killed and then we still get Lu- Lucille? But like, what? Oh, he f- he he had sex with uh, Edith, so now he l- cares about her. Well, in her book, she was like, oh, people can change. And then he had that moment where he was like, huh, yeah, hmm. (laughs) That was his big motivation. I like how he reads, like when he picks up her manuscript and he's like, this is an incredible book. And he hasn't even read it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. And part of it also is that it's so unbelievable because Edith is so, like part of it is Mia Wasikowska, but the character is so unappealing. She's just, even though she's like, there are, are like, you know, some underlying feminism to her because she wants to be a writer and she wants to be like Mary Shelley and doesn't want to just, you know, be a housewife, et cetera, et cetera. But the character is so fucking bland that it's like, okay, how did he fall in love with her, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, like, I just don't care whether she lives or dies. No, she, I I learned, honestly, all I know about her character is what was told to me. Yes. She writes a book. Yeah. She is haunted by a ghost. She sees this dude and marries him. <laughs> That's all I know about her. There's no reason for her to fall for him. I should love her because she's solving a fucking mystery. Mm-hmm. because she's a woman writer because but i don't get any of this and then instead i just zero in and i hate doing this because i love actresses but i zero in on like what was the scene when she was like kind of fainty on the couch and she just keeps going oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mia, yeah what is your acting right now she, you know she here's a little tidbit for you she was originally cast to play therese in carol what yeah and then the movie went through so many delays what? that it didn't happen. Can you imagine? I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And once again, I think I like her. Right. I really, I appreciate, I remember, I I need to rewatch Stoker, but I liked what she did in that. She played a little sociopath teenager. Thought she was great. I liked her. I, I was in a, I was an extra in a Gus Van Sant movie with her. We stood next to a, um, a heat lamp. And I was a smoker back then, and I smoked a cigarette in full zombie drag makeup, in car makeup, <laughs> next to her, and she stared at me in terror and didn't say anything. We were two feet away from each other. And I looked at her and I said, this girl's got a future. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I still think she's good. I just don't know what the fuck she's doing in this movie. It's like, yeah. it's like the same thing with, um, what's his name? The, the, he's the burly blondie with the, he looks like he's short. Charlie. Charlie Hunnam. Him. Why is he in this? Well, because she has to be rescued. That's what, this movie is so, for, oh, for, I get, okay. I have a lot of feelings, Stacey. (laughs) They're coming out now. They're oozing out like that (laughs) raspberry jam. My my raspberry jam mime is is seeping. (laughs) She, 
and I am going to a doctor for it. It's so, I get, gothic shit is fucking, it's straight people. But it's straight people longing for the forbidden. Right. And for the other, and for like weird, gnarly sexual stuff. So I love the incest shit in here. I yeah. love an incest storyline. I'm always yep. here for an incest storyline. Um, everyone should watch The Chill Factor. It has one, and I don't understand why. But anyway, I love an incest storyline. But the rest of the movie is so fucking heterosexual with, like, yeah. him changing his mind and being like, oh, no, I don't want to fuck my sister. No, I do, but I want to help her as well. And then, I'll let her fuck me, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah, exactly. And then why is Charlie Hunnam there? Like you said, it's so he can save her. So he's busy solving the mystery and being like, oi, I'm American, I is. And then he... <laughs> I don't understand why they made him an American in this movie, and he can't do the accent. And so he comes he comes over and rescues her. But then he just, like, gets stabbed, and then she rescues him, so that was supposed to be feminist. But it still required him to be a love interest for her and to show that, oh, don't worry, she'll still have someone to help her with money or something. What? I don't know. I was so confused. The first time I saw this, my big takeaway, even beyond, like, I love Jessica Chastain in this, even beyond, like, this movie doesn't work, my biggest, biggest, biggest takeaway, which is usually always my biggest takeaway, was, where's my gay crimson pig? Where is my gay gothic romance? Yeah. Why couldn't Edith have fallen in love with Lucille? Yeah. And she marries Thomas to get closer to Lucille, and maybe he's the crazy one. The thing is, the whole end of it, as much as I love Jessica Chastain running around like a maniac, um, I mean, that's where the movie really picks up, and I'm like, oh, I can just watch two hours of this and I'd be fine. Literally the last 20 minutes of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. But but it just, like, erases everything Thomas has done. And it's like, oh, the, no, the problem here is that Lucille is a crazy that's, murderer. Yeah, and that's the, the sexist, like, heterosexual thing that's coming up for me, too, that I forgot to include. Yes. Clue. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, Thomas had a hand in killing all of these women. Yes, he swindled all of them. Yes, he's been married how many times? Yes, he intended to do that with Edith. But it was all Lucille. Yeah, she's she, the one who did it. She's the villain. She's the crazy one. He didn't go mm-hmm. to an asylum. She did. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it's, it's like, it's, it, it's just so. He's poor. Put upon little Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> with his big eyes. <laughs> And I would not, I would not be saying this is mental illness shaming. I would not be saying this is slut shaming. I would not be saying this is um, ghastly heterosexual. If the movie just was like allowing her to thrive in the, in the incestuous evil lesbian thing that I want her to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but, but it's like, but it's still asking us to judge the perfect queen. Mm-hmm. Who also is just the only thing that draws me to the movie. She's the only one having any fucking fun yeah. in this carnival funhouse of a movie. You look at that set, which is it's pretty incredible. incredible. It's a practical set. She's the only one who seems to realize that that scenery should be chewed. Yes. Yes. And she does when she's finally given a chance to, she really leans in. That's so that's what I was really trying to like I I love that you open this by asking that question about like why doesn't this work? Um I've been think. I was thinking the whole time I was watching it. I was like, I should love this movie. Mm-hmm. I want to like this movie. I don't know that I even like it. I want to love it, 
everything it has all the components it and like i like what the fuck rebecca jane Eyre, all these things thrown into one i should love it yeah but it's just and it's gorgeous it's fucking gorgeous it's beautiful i watched the arrow blu-ray it's incredible looking the i mean even i'm not a fan of the ghost smoke (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but like some of the ghosts were cool everything was like technically it's like when i was talking about the shine like it's technically masterful yeah but it's just i think it's that it just doesn't have enough edge like like gothic shit like like wuthering heights has that fucking brutality yeah and you only get that with jessica chastain in this and even then it's like judged and this is it's just it just doesn't have enough edge and it's too like shiny for its own good it doesn't have enough edge and it doesn't despite it being about like you know the family and her mother and the ghosts of the past and all of this it's like it doesn't have enough edge and it doesn't have enough heart and it feels more like Guillermo del Toro saw a checklist of all of the ingredients for a gothic romance and included every item on that checklist. Yeah. But there's nothing there. Yeah. And the two leads are unappealing. And then you have this other, like maybe a third lead, I don't know, whatever you want to call Jessica Chastain in this. She's the only one who digs in. She's the only character who has any fun. The only actor who seems to have any fun. Yeah, she's the and only... like you said, she's made out to be the villain, and it would have been ballsier if Thomas was a villain all the way to the end. Yeah, and it's not like we're not. It's not. It's not that she's the villain. That's it. Like it's 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 that she's the villain, and we're asked to be afraid of her and to not like her. But she's the only thing we like. <laughs> yeah, and granted, this is Gaylords of Darkness, where we have you know two sort of uh credos here which is one everything's gay or should be (laughs) and two we love monster women yeah all queens are perfect (laughs) all queens are perfect queens we love a monster woman so granted there is that perspective of it but like i do hate the way by the end of it even though thomas has done everything lucille has done and fully still intends to until he is overwhelmed by mia wasikowska's complete melba toast blandness (laughs) that he's so in love but it's like bitch you have been going along with this your whole life and now i'm supposed to only dislike lucille yeah he it's not that turn of his is not earned at all it's not earned if it was like, do you think it would have worked if it was like Dakota Johnson and yes, and and Michael Shannon or something? Like, I'm like, oh, Michael Shannon would have been fucking great. Like, because you need someone who's fucking charming and hot, but like you're terrified of them, and that's Michael but Shannon. Rudy, not someone who's been photographed in an I Love Taylor Swift T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess it's not. It's. It's and that's the thing about the gothic hero, or not hero, but the gothic lead man, or whatever. Right. The broody hero. Yeah, you need someone that it has to be. You have to be interested in him against, despite your best interest. You have to say to yourself, "Why is she going with that shitty dude?" While you also have to acknowledge that there is uh, an attraction. Yeah. There, he's supposed to. I mean, she's you know name dropping Mary Shelley. This dude is supposed to be your Byronic hero. Mm -hmm. And he's just as bland as she is. 
Yeah, and he's just like, oh, Gabner, would you like to skip across the lawn? <laughs> like, it's, it's not... There's nothing... Appe- to me, there's just nothing appealing about him, and there's nothing appealing about her, and I just don't care yeah. for their relationship. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it just, it didn't feel like there were, like, for a movie that was supposed to be, what, a dream project of his, um, which he says with every one of his movies, but with a movie that was supposed to be, like, a dream project or whatever, and there's this giant gothic romance, and I'm sure one, it was longing for Oscars and all these things, it just didn't feel like there was actual, actually, like, any passion in it. In it. No. Um... And but could you imagine another movie where it's like it takes the foundation of this, the CP foundation, and it's Dakota and it's Michael Shannon oh. and Jessica Chastain and like Jessica Chastain. I mean, even if they have to be straight, Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon are like laughing at her and like making out as they're like trying to cut her <laughs> and like yeah, and like she's like actually in danger. And like yeah. that, like you need them to be full Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like just full, like Heathcliff and Kathy at the height of their fucked upness. Yeah. For the gothicness to work and for it to be as like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Edith walks in on them, on Thomas and Lucille doing it, by which I mean they're making out and she's giving him a handy. Mm-hmm. And it's like. By the end of this, am I supposed to just think that she's been raping him for 20 years or something? Like, that's the way they want you to... He's he's such an unwilling partner in Lucille's murderous, incestuous schemes. And he just wants to get the coal mining machine to work. Yeah, but he's just an inventor. But it's like, okay, but what about the woman with the baby? What about the older woman? What about the woman in the wheelchair? What about your mom? What about, like? Yeah, but he went along with all of it. It doesn't make any sense when it's so established that they are they are dual grifters yeah i mean i i love the perviness like you said the incestuous storyline but when mia wasikowska sees them and she's like you're not really his sister and she's like yes i am i'm like yes lean into that pervy shit girl that's delightful i am like that was great i cackled i say thumbs down thumbs down the dog was the star and jessica chastain (laughs) yeah she was perfect yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Why? Also, also, I hate seeing a, a perfect queen go. And I hate seeing a perfect queen murdered. But once again, in the Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain, Dakota Johnson version, I feel like they would make use of the coal mining machine set piece mm-hmm. that was foreshadowed through the whole movie, including the scene where... Tom Hiddleston is standing next to the machine and he's, whatever, doing something with it too long and it, like, fucks up his hand. Yeah. And, like, they keep showing you how upsetting this machine is and then the last part, the big culmination of the film is her confronting her in front of the machine and it's powered on and she has a, Mia Wasikowska has a shovel and the ghost is standing between her and the machine and you know the whole point is that he's gonna lure her to turn around and she's gonna push her into the machine and her hair's gonna get stuck in that gear and her whole head's gonna get ripped off and then she just gets hit with a shovel and she doesn't fall anywhere near the machine and nothing happens well because then Edith gets to have her cool final girl line you know where she's like Whatever. But, but... <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby, or whatever she says. But, like, if this was Guillermo thinking he was making something feminist, just like when he made Shape of Water and he thought he made something about race, like, if this was... If if this was something... If he thought this was something feminist, did he think it wouldn't be feminist to have her, like, brutally kill her at the end with the machine? Right. 
Yeah. Or they just, I just it was impractical, one or the other. I just don't understand why it was, like, it's so much build-up to that, and then no payoff. Yeah, the only reason, it, the the only use the machine had was she uses it to escape. She, like, climbs up. Yeah. From the raspberry jam cellar. <laughs> she climbs up the machine to get out, but that's it. I love the only thing keeping her away from all this evidence is him saying, don't go down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's full of bodies and evidence. Yeah. Uh, straight people, am I right? Straight people. Guillermo del Toro, what the fuck? Yeah. So the ghosts, I like some of the ghosts. I like. I didn't like the ghost smoke, but I thought when you just see them like kind of quakey moving in the background, that was cool. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like, once again, this just, because this one I hadn't seen, but, and I, I kind of, I told, I told you last week before we, when we were first talking about watching this, that like, I kind of broke up with him after Pacific Rim. Yeah. And I really, I feel like I made the right choice. Because I don't know what happened between Pan's Lab, or no, Hellboy 2 and Pacific Rim, but he just became, I think, Imposter Del Toro. And I don't know what mm. happened. Maybe he's a pod person. He could have become a pod person at any moment. We just need Meg Tilly in a room to point at him and let us know. (laughs) After sleeping on it, I was like, well, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. But maybe I liked it. (laughs) It's because it has all the ingredients of something we should like. And you don't, you're not confronted with the reality of it until you're sitting in front of it. I think I liked it less on this second viewing than I did on the first. Because the first one I was so just like, oh, but she was slashing at her. Like I just, you know, like that was my my thing. Yeah, she was But this time I knew that was going to happen. And so I'm like, that's still just the only really great part about this film. Yeah, that and the, the goopy floors. I love the goopy floors. I love her dressing up and being putting on a wig or no pulling her hair back and be like i'm my brother yeah <laughs> and killing her brutally bashing in uh, the dad's face in the same guillermo has a fetish for face bashing slash stabbing mm. um i liked all that i loved her yeah otherwise i just what a misfire of a movie yeah i don't know i don't well. know oh well oh well wow I mean, this episode is a great way to start 2021. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, Stacy, are you ready to start 2021 really in style? Now that I'm ready for. I'm p- putting my, squeezing my head through the hole. Stacy, that's the wrong set piece. <laughs> Take your head out of the glory hole and place it on the chopping block. That's our next game show is the glory hole. <laughs> the glory hole. <laughs> you know what's gonna come out at you? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, here's a way I'm already in 2021, I'm already an overachiever. You have three new categories. Oh my god, I've already given up this year and I have only old ones for you. <laughs> wow! I thought new year new categories. <laughs> No. <laughs> I see. I'm, I'm scared. You're scared? Yeah, right? I always die. Horribly. You've won before. Maybe you'll win this time. I think you will. Do you think? I think so. I think these are pretty good, easy categories. You think I won't get more comments on our social media saying, hey, how did Anthony get everything wrong again always? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, what is the chopping block? Or, as they call it in France, le chopping block. (laughs) (laughs) It is the game show portion of our our program. (laughs) Where someone asks questions, someone answers the questions, the person answering chooses from three categories. Each category has five questions. You have ten seconds to answer the question. If you do not answer in time or you guess wrong, your head will get cut off by our non-binary executioner. The heads, they, unless you have one chance to call out to the heavens. I want the wig. The heavens will respond. The clouds will part. There will be a shower of sparkles. That's right. And what will appear through the glory hole? Not what you expect. This time, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2. Those sparkles don't ignite that shitty hair. (laughs) It's very flammable. It's made of... Straw? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, You put the wig on, the non-binary executioner, the heads that gets confused, and you earn yourself ten more seconds. But... Maybe you win, maybe you lose. I guess we'll see in Le Chopping Block. <laughs> 2021. Here Somewhere we are. in France, there's a, a bus stop with bench <laughs> with Le Chopping Block and Marion Cotillard laying across <laughs> the title. 9 11 with the hoax. <laughs> The towels were detonated from the inside. <laughs> I am not a feminist. I think if a man cat calls me, it is a compliment. Wait, wait. Is Marianne a loose changer? Yeah. What? Yeah, you didn't know that. Are you serious? I'm too completely serious. Maybe she's maybe she's changed her too, but she's she's. Le QAnon. I'm crying. Are <laughs> you serious? Sorry if I have burst any bubbles. The who the same actor that portrayed Edith Piaf mm-hmm. in La Vie en Rose. Yeah. The same woman that played Ra's al Ghul's daughter and got exploded in the Batman. The same movie. woman who's a working class hero in the Dardenne Brothers uh two days, one night. She says that all of it was an inside job. Le inside job. <laughs> I don't know if it makes me like her more. <laughs> or if I despise her. Wow. What is this Occam's razor, you say? <laughs> it was an inside job. Anyway. Wow, I can't have her or Catherine Deneuve now? Nope. What you the can't f- have anybody. Why do they suck so much? I know, well. Wow, I had no clue. Well, she's perfect to be on our bus ad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's changed her tune at this point. I don't know, but last time. I haven't, I haven't oh. been keep. I, I had actually shut off my Google News <laughs> alert for Marion Cotillard when I heard that, you know, so I have no idea, but... Oh, okay. So, who goes first to start off the new year? Well, I feel like after that laughter, I'm already halfway to death, so just kill me, please. 
I see. All right. Three <laughs> three new categories for you. Wait, no. Yeah. Let's save your new ones for the last. Okay. Let's all go. I'll do you first. How's that? I see. Oh. I feel, well, I don't know. For a new year, we should probably end with new categories. Yeah, I agree. We. So why don't you just dust off the old trash for me? Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, some nice trash over here. <laughs> My God, and praying for a case of the crimson teeth right now. <laughs> oh no! No no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, you have to put a poultice on the teeth. Dolores, come here. <laughs> I looked down. Do you know what I saw? Anyway, her teeth has got crimson. My teeth is all crimson. <laughs> Do you think it's the crimson teat? Well, that would stand to reason, wouldn't it? <laughs> Is this Dolores the Cockney detective? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doctor Detective. Doctor Detective Dolores. Yeah. PhD. <laughs> Private dick. I love her. Yeah. Okay. Well, whew, okay. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready well, to answer some questions. Now that we have her in our oeuvre, <laughs> safely <laughs> cemented in our oeuvre. Um, your questions this week, Stacy. your antique categories that I'm dusting off and, and putting a, a discount price tag on. You've got, <laughs> with very special guest star, which is mm. all about appearances from f- celebrities in films that are, they're much larger than the film that they're in. Subtitles, I don't come to movies to read, in which you state the named movie's qualifying subtitle, a.k.a. the movie's full title. So I'll say Freddy's Dead and you would say The Final Nightmare. Does that make sense? Sure. And your final oldie to choose from is (laughs) What's My Number Part 2, Another Number, in which you guess the sequel number for each franchise entry described and that is including remakes and reboots fuck off it's a hard one <laughs> so <laughs> see we're starting off the new year right with <laughs> my blood pumping with right. with very special guest star subtitles i don't come to movies to read or your what what's my number part two another number Ooh. well You know, I feel like I should avenge myself with the what's my number. I know I'm going to fail miserably and I'm going to get mad. I know my teats are going to turn a bright crimson from anger. (laughs) I will die in a rage and come back like a (laughs) Juan. Is that Mothman? Oh, it's just her teats. (laughs) Don't go in the woods at night. The Jersey Stacy will get you. You'll see her teeth glowing in the darkness. Once you see them, it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to avenge myself. By which I mean I'll die on the first question. So you're, but you're I'm going for what's my number part two, another number. I feel it's a new year. Why not rise to a challenge? Okay, I'm not going to do anything else of note this year. Wow. You know, when people are like, oh, I resolved to do this. So I might as well do this. Come out of the gate with vengeance in my heart. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm excited. I like, I like that. This is showing a, 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 a this is showing something. That's what I'm going to say. It sure is. Okay. So remember in this, I describe the film in this, in the franchise entry. 
and you have to guess what number of franchise entry it is. So that does include remakes, that does include reboots, and it includes those sequels as well. This is so <laughs> difficult in 10 seconds. Yes. Well, for All example, right. what? Like Rob Zombie's Halloween would be... I don't know! What would that be? <laughs> That's... I don't H2O know. H2O was... Eight, seven, wait, what was, wait, Resurrection yeah. was nine. Yeah, Welcome Rob to Zombie My would World. Be, so Rob Zombie would be ten, for example. Rob Zombie Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Plus, you give me this category when you know I'm a girl, you know I can't do math. All right, okay. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I got my thinking teats on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don't ask. I'm ready because I quit. Okay, question one, Stacy. <laughs> okay. Before television's Bates Motel, oh no, we got a film prequel to Norman Bates' story in which Psycho. Psycho Four. Ding, 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 ding! Look at you, oh, Olivia Hussey. That's why I know that one. As uh, Mrs. Bates. You sure is. Look at you, full speed ahead, right out the gate. It's, That's the only one I'm going to get. It's the running of the bulls, and she's making it so far. Okay. Question two. Jason Voorhees is rebooted as a pot farmer with an underground tunnel system in this Friday the 13th. 12. Ding, 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 ding! Good job! Well done! You worked in a reboot! I mean, it was. I feel like I have the the power of a hundred Michelle Yeohs. And they are grifters. And they are grifters this time. <laughs> but they are also still named Santa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Question three. Move over, zombies. Killing birds are the enemy this time around in which zombie franchise entry? Oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I've never seen it. Four? God damn it! God damn it! Five. Like five. The answer was zombie five. I knew. <laughs> well, I knew it was one of them. <laughs> I knew it was a movie. <laughs> I knew it was one of the zombie movies. And you could say, yes, the question intimated as much. But also, I just knew it. <laughs> Look. Well, I got two. <laughs> hey. I think those that the Friday the Thirteenth one alone is amazing. Thanks. Well, I did write a book about Friday the Thirteenth. You know, it's you called did. Death Count. It's available on Amazon. Wait, what's eleven? Oh, that is Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. I should know this. I wrote that's the question. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's easy once you get to ten because that's ten. Right. I'm sorry. X. But you also know there hasn't been a 13. Otherwise, they'd probably make a big deal out of it. And uh, I loved when Adrian King was like, mm, you think the creators would actually get their shit together so that we could have done Friday the 13th, the 13th movie for the 40th anniversary. Yeah. I love her. Wow. Well, good job, though. I think you did a valiant effort. Well, I'm dead. It's a hard category. You're dead, but it's a new year. So you're set up for success. So now, I, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, good. Now we will turn the tables. Oh, no. And see how you do. Oh, no. Three new categories (laughs) for the new year. What we got? What you got for me? First category is movie part sequel. 
This time, it's a girl. <laughs> Where these are franchise films. I would watch that movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier films of the franchise, the killers were all men. Then all of a sudden, the killer is a lady. <gasps> oh. You give me the movie. Category two. Name that mustache. Oh. I give you the name of an actor and the character they played. The mustachioed character they played. You tell me the film. Oh, oh, the film. I don't need to tell you the character's name. No, you tell I, me because that. some of these I was like, I wouldn't know that <clears throat> character name. So if I don't know it, Anthony's not going to know it. <laughs> it's true. No, some of them are really hard. So I was like, ah, the movie. Oh, oh, I like that. And the third category is Something Something Devil, where I describe a movie, you tell me the name of the movie, and the title has the word devil in it. Your categories are Movie, Part Sequel, This Time It's a Girl, Name That Mustache, and Something Something Devil. Stacey, I, I appreciate your coming forth with new categories for the new year. I'm curious about the titles that you put out there for some of them and if it doesn't demonstrate a little malaise with 2021 already what what do you mean mainly just something something devil but simultaneously (laughs) simultaneously i'm asking myself is it brilliant in the same way do i love marianne cotillard even more now (laughs) exactly so makes you think so you are in an enigma rip, rip, wrapped in um, diamonds and cash or whatever Erica Jane says. <laughs> okay, um, I want. I would love to go with number of movie, hey, she's a woman. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. What's it? The first movie, one? Movie, part sequel. <laughs> this time it's a girl. Thank you. I'm sorry. Movie, part sequel, this time it's a girl for 500, please. I'm so drawn to this. Okay. I will describe a movie. You tell me the name of the movie. That's pretty much how this works. All right, here we go. Question. I think you'll get these. Question one. Mila Kunis killed the killer of the first film and went on to star in this 2002 part two. American Psycho 2. Yes, yes. Ding, ding, ding. In yes. Which, Can you believe which... that she killed Patrick Bateman? <laughs> As a child. And then became... An, an American Psycho for a new generation. Did you ever see it? I did. It's terrible. At one point, I owned this movie. Um, I love when she talks William Shatner to death out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it exists. She deserves better. We all do. Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. When she's not killing people as Mrs. Loomis, she's going after Pulitzers as local journalist Debbie Salt. Who is she? And what is the movie? Wait, what? Oh, Scream 2! Scream 2, um, Billy's mom. Billy Loomis's mom. Scream 2? Okay, ding, ding, ding. I was hoping you would say Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf! (laughs) There you go, you said it. Okay. Why did I qualify her by her relationship to a man? Well, I guess we're learning things in the new year, aren't we? I was so, well, I was so confused because you said Loomis and then I thought Halloween and then my brain stopped working because I was still thinking about Mila Kunis talking him to death through a window in the last movie. Yeah, do you get it? 
<laughs> Loomis is from Halloween. And that's, huh? that's from Psycho. You wouldn't expect a movie like Scream to do something like that. But they did it. <laughs> it's what we call meta. They went meta. <laughs> she lived on Peter Cushing Street. You know, I... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I rewatched Scream 2. I think I've said this a hundred times on the show. I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I loved it historically growing up. But you know what? Laurie Metcalf is the only good thing in that movie. She's great. Gonna make a lot of people angry. I like Dewey and Gale in it. I like Sid. Laurie Metcalf is the best part of that movie. That's what I'll say. I have no feelings. Even in that power suit with that haircut? <laughs> I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> I have no feelings. Although I do appreciate that she is local journalist Debbie Salt. <laughs> Deb for short. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Okay, here you look at you. Two questions right. This will be a tricky one if you'll see if you'll get this one. <clears throat> Did Sydney never see her boyfriend's mom? <laughs> that's true. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, that's a good point. It's a good point. Maybe she was wearing glasses at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should have a scene where she takes off, or she puts on glasses and Sid goes, <gasps> It's you! <laughs> okay, question three. Yeah, sorry. The Antichrist is a girl named Delia in the fourth entry of this franchise. The Omen this time, it's a girl. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. I've never seen that. Her name is Delia? Delia. The movie is called The Omen 4, The Awakening. And I say, you didn't call it The Omen 4, Attack of the She-Omen? Whatever. Missed opportunity. Her name is Delia? Delia. Are you that's like in fear? That, that's like evil feminized Damien. Yeah, they were like, Damien, what's another? Uh, Dom- Dominia? Yeah, know, that's, that's not a name. Even Damiana or what? <laughs> yeah, Delia. Diamanda. But like Delia. Delia's just like cute. It's like, yeah. It's Delia. She's quirky. It's a place where you went to get outfits at the mall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for her. I hope she's doing well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Question four. Check oh, you fuck. out. Surprise. The final girl is actually a killer who makes her own evil puzzles, beginning with this 2005 film. What? I want the wig. 2005 film? Evil puzzles? When you said surprise, I thought it was curtains, but that's not curtain, that's 2005. What's an evil puzzle? An evil puzzle? Jigsaw! Shawnee Smith and Saw 2! You got it! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We just saw an x-ray of your brain at work! Oh my god! Holy shit! Whoa! Oh my god! The Headsday's Labrys was coming down! Oh! Oh, wow. That was That's cool. the most exciting finish we've had on this show yet. That was that was the money shot. That was the money shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was Now it's time to retreat from the glory hole. <sighs> okay. One more. Oh god. 
And you could start this new year as a winner. With a Or head. you'll be dead. <laughs> Let's see. This is a tough one. I would not get this. Mm. But maybe you will. <laughs> Fuck. Here we go. This I is already for, used my wig. This is for all the, you know, prizes. <laughs> Which there are none. <laughs> there are none. Yeah. Bragging rights. Here we go. Question five. Mm. Leatherface's cousin and sort of helper in this 2013 film is named Heather, but she obviously should have been called Heatherface. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree? And what is the film? (laughs) I 100% agree, and I haven't seen it, but I think it's Texas Chainsaw, which was the 3D one. Ding, ding, ding! but I was interested because I knew it was 3D and I knew that she was his cousin and I, I heard that she like reevaluates Leatherface and I didn't know what that yeah. meant. Yeah. Also there was a rapper in it so I thought I, I, I like those movies. Yeah. Wow. I'm all steamy. Wow. I mean that was good. The Shawnee Smith one, that one got me. That one That was me. very exciting. This is the most exciting installment of the chopping block yet. Luckily, luckily there is a a part of my heart place with a a little box reserved exclusively for Shawnee Smith. Thank you. Uh mainly because of the blob nineteen eighty eight, let's be real. Summer school, baby. Oh, she's so fucking I love her. And I love her. Um, wow. Good job, Stacy. Good job, you! Thank See, you. I said evil puzzles. That was the clue. It was the puzzle. That's when I said puzzles and my brain switched. Phew! Wow. Wow. New year, new um, lease on life. Yeah. You knew about The Omen? I did. I haven't seen it. I saw it. Stars Faye Grant of Television's V. Oh! And Television's V, The Final Battle. Mm-hmm. You may remember her as Dr. Julie Parrish, you know, a resistance I... fighter who fights against the aliens. I don't, sadly. What? <laughs> I never saw V. I saw the TV. I saw like I saw like a second of the remake. Um, I at one point owned the TV, the original TV series, the one with Robert England. And then I never watched that, but I had it. And then I saw, at one point, I saw this uh, a glimpse of the re-reboot series that starred... Elizabeth Mitchell. And was she in... Who was she? Was she in Firefly? She was in Gia. I know her from Gia. What do I know her from? She lezzed out with Angelina Jolie and Gia. And she was like the... She was the, the lizard queen that eats people, right? <laughs> oh, no, I think that's Morena Baccarin. Yeah, she's the one I know. Wait, what's yeah. she in? She was in. Um, she was in Firefly. Firefly. Yeah. yeah. I never saw the reboot. Why would I? When I have the original, it looked real bad. It's the reboot or the original. The the oh, a, a reboot. The original's terrible. Also, but you know, <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dr. Julie Parrish, freedom fighter, excuse me. Well, yes. And I... Robert England and the evil alien queen Diana, as played by Jane Badler, when she opens up her mouth real wide and eats a gerbil. No, a uh, guinea pig. You no. say, wow. Yeah, that was Richard Gere with did the gerbil. That's right. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> so you know the omen. That <laughs> yeah. was impressive. And you knew Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> Yeah, I've always wanted to see that. That's the one sequel I actually want to see. <laughs> yeah, you should see it. I don't. I wouldn't have known that if that was like the number one. I think you did a Texas Chainsaw number one the first time I did the number one. Oh, I did. Yeah, the 3D one. Yeah, and I don't know because I get once it gets past. No, I did Leatherface for that. Yeah, once it gets past the first film. I, uh... Yeah. Oh wait, no, I did do a leather a separate one with Leatherface because that one had Lily Taylor. Yeah. That's what, for, yeah. I, I want to see that too, but do I? Well, you can watch Texas Chainsaw 3D and report back. And I bet during it, you'll say, they should have called her Heatherface. <laughs> Heatherface and Leatherface. A Thelma and Louise for a new generation. Honestly, if they had gone that route and like, because that feels so 1993. Yeah. If they had gone that route instead of Next Generation. I mean, we all yeah. love Renee Zellweger. But if they had gone that route instead, it would have been brilliant. Yeah. Oh, well, missed opportunity. Wow. Heatherface put her right next to Mary Lou and Tiffany Ray and... <laughs> and <laughs> All the great female villainesses. Return of the Living Dead 3 queen. Yeah. Cool. Well. Wow. It's our first episode of the new year. <clears throat> I think we're already at the top of our game. I was going to say peak. <laughs> But I refrained this we're, time. We're certainly at the top of our teat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that much are. is true. Yes. We've climbed the teat of 2020. <laughs> we stand atop 2021. <laughs> now we're just plummeting to the bottom, clearly. <laughs> anyway, Happy New Year. Um, You know. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I never know what to say. So why is it always the end? You're so good at the end of the episode where you're like, you can find us at gaylordsofdarkness.com and you can do this and do that. You just did it. I don't know. You just did it. (laughs) It's true. Gaylordsofdarkness.com. There's links to our social medias. Turn it off. My tit hurts. Teeth. My teeth. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more game!